Chapter Seven of Herman and Dorothea by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, translated by Ellen Frothingham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by phone. Erato, Dorothea. Like as the traveller who, when the sun is approaching its setting, fixes his eyes on it once again ere quickly it vanish, then on the sides of the rocks and on all the darkening bushes sees its hovering image whatever direction he looks in that hastes before and flickers and gleams in radiant colours so before herman's eyes moved the beautiful shape of the maiden softly and seeming to follow the path that led into the cornfield but he aroused from his wildering dream and turned himself slowly towards where the village lay and was wildered again for again came moving to meet him the lofty form of the glorious maiden fixedly gazed he upon her herself it was and no phantom bearing in either hand a larger jar and a smaller each by the handle with busy step she came on to the fountain joyfully then he hastened to meet her the sight of her gave him courage and strength and thus the astonished girl he accosted do i then find thee brave-hearted maiden so soon again busy rendering aid unto others and happy in bringing them comfort say why thou comest alone to this well which lies at such a distance when all the rest are content with the water they find in the village this has peculiar virtues tis true and the taste is delicious thou to that mother wouldst bring it i trow whom thy faithfulness rescued straightway with cordial greeting the kindly maiden made answer here has my walk to the spring already been amply rewarded since i have found the good friend who bestowed so abundantly on us for a pleasure not less than the gifts is the sight of the giver come i pray thee and see for thyself who has tasted thy bounty come and the quiet thanks receive of all it has solaced but that thou straightway the reason mayst know for which i am hither come to draw where pure and unfailing the water is flowing this i must tell thee that all the water we have in the village has by improvident people been troubled with horses and oxen wading direct through the source which brings the inhabitants water and furthermore they have also made foul with their washings and rinsings all the troughs of the village and all the fountains of sullied but for one thought is in all and that how to satisfy quickest self and the need of the moment regardless of what may come after thus she spoke and the broad stone steps meanwhile had descended with her companion beside her and on the low wall of the fountain both sat them down she bent herself over to draw and he also took in his hand the jar that remained and bent himself over and in the blue of the heavens they seeing their image reflected friendly greetings and nods exchanged in the quivering mirror give me to drink the youth thereupon in his gladness petitioned and she handed the pitcher familiarly sat they and rested both leaning over their jars till she presently asked her companion tell me why i find thee here and without thy horses and wagon far from the place where i met thee at first how camest thou hither thoughtful he bent his eyes on the ground then quietly raised them up to her face and meeting with frankness the gaze of the maiden felt himself solaced and stilled but then impossible was it that he of love should speak her eye told not of affection only of clear understanding 
requiring intelligent answer and he composed himself quickly and cordially said to the maiden hearken to me my child and let me reply to thy question twas for thy sake that hither i came why seek to conceal it know i live happy at home with both my affectionate parents faithfully giving my aid their house and estates in directing being an only son and because our affairs are extensive mine is the charge of the farm my father bears rule in the household while the presiding spirit of all is the diligent mother but thine experience doubtless has taught thee how grievously servants now through deceit and now through their carelessness harass the mistress forcing her ever to change and replace one fault with another long for that reason my mother has wished for a maid in the household who not with hand alone but with heart too will lend her assistance taking the daughter's place whom alas she was early deprived of how when to-day by the wagon i saw thee so ready and cheerful witness the strength of thine arms and thy limbs of such healthful proportion when thy intelligent speech i heard i was smitten with wonder hastening homeward i dare to my parents and neighbours the stranger praised as she well deserved but i now am come hither to tell thee what is their wish as mine forgive me my stammering language hesitate not she answering said to tell me what follows thou dost not give me offence i have listened with gratitude to thee speak it out honestly therefore the sound of it will not alarm me thou wouldst engage me as servant to wait on thy father and mother and to look after the well-ordered house of which ye are the owners and thou thinkest in me to find them a capable servant one who is skilled in her work and not of a rude disposition short thy proposal has been and short shall be also my answer yes i will go with thee home and the call of fate i will follow here my duty is done i have brought the newly made mother back to her kindred again who are all in her safety rejoicing most of our people already are gathered the others will follow all think a few days more will certainly see them returning unto their homes for such is the exile's constant delusion but by no easy hope do i suffer myself to be cheated during these sorrowful days which promise yet more days of sorrow all the bands of the world have been loosed and what shall unite them saving alone the need the need supreme that is on us if in a good man's house i can earn my living by service under the eye of an excellent mistress i gladly will do it since of doubtful repute must be always a wandering maiden yes i will go with thee soon as i first shall have carried the pictures back to my friends and prayed to good people to give me their blessing come thou must see them thyself and from their hands must receive me joyfully hearkened the youth to the willing maiden's decision doubtful whether he ought not at once to make honest confession yet it appeared to him best to leave her a while in her error not for her love to sue before leading her home to his dwelling ah and the golden ring he perceived on the hand of the maiden wherefore he let her speak on and gave diligent ear to her language come she presently said let us back to the village for maidens always are sure to be blamed if they tarry too long at the fountain yet how delightful it is to chat by the murmuring water then from their seats they rose and both of them turned to the fountain 
one more look behind and a tender longing possessed them both of the water jars then in silence she took by the handle carried them up the steps while behind her followed her lover one of the pitchers he begged her to give him to lighten the burden nay let it be she said i carry them better so balanced nor shall the master who is the command be doing me service look not so gravely upon me as thinking my fortune a hard one early a woman should learn to serve for that is her calling since through service alone she finally comes to the headship comes to the due command that is hers of right in the household early the sister must wait on her brother and wait on her parents life must be always with her a perpetual coming and going or be a fetching and carrying making and doing for others happy for her be she wanted to think no way is too grievous and if the hours of the night be to her as the hours of the daytime if she find never a needle too fine nor a labour too trifling wholly forgetful of self and caring to live but in others for she will surely as mother have need of every virtue when in the time of her illness the cries of her infant arouse her calling for food from her weakness and cares are to suffering added twenty men bound into one were not able to bear such a burden nor is it meant that they should yet should they with gratitude view it thus she spoke and was come meanwhile with her silent companion far as the floor of the barn at the furthermost end of the garden where was the sick woman lying whom glad she had left with her daughters those late rescued maidens fair pictures of innocence were they both of them entered the barn and e'en as they did so the justice leading a child in each hand came in from the other direction these had been lost hitherto from the sight of their sorrowing mother but in the midst of the crowd the old man now had descried them joyfully sprang they forward to meet their dear mother's embraces and to salute with delight their brother their unknown companion next upon dorothea they sprang with affectionate greeting asking for bread and fruit but more than all else for some water so she handed the water about and not only the children drank but the sick woman too and her daughters and with them the justice all were refreshed and highly commended the glorious water acid it was to the taste and reviving and wholesome to drink of then with a serious face the maiden replied to them saying friends for the last time now to your mouth have i lifted my pitcher and for the last time by me have your lips been moistened with water but henceforth in the heat of the day when the draught shall refresh you when in the shade ye enjoy your rest beside a clear fountain think of me then sometimes and of all my affectionate service prompted more by my love than the duty i owed you as kindred i shall acknowledge as long as i live the kindness ye've shown me tis with regret that i leave you but every one now is a burden more than a help to his neighbour and all must be finally scattered far through a foreign land if return to our homes be denied us see here stands the youth to whom we owe thanks for the presents he gave the cloak for the baby and all these welcome provisions now he is come and has asked me if i will make one in his dwelling that i may serve therein his wealthy and excellent parents and i refuse not the offer for maidens must always be serving 
burdensome were it for them to rest and be served in the household therefore i follow him gladly a youth of intelligence seems he and so will also the parents be as becometh the wealthy so then farewell dear friend and mayst thou rejoice in thy nursling living and into thy face already so healthfully looking when thou shalt press him against thy breast in these gay-coloured wrappings oh then remember the kindly youth who bestowed them upon us and whom me also henceforth thy sister will shelter and nourish thou too excellent man she said as she turned to the justice take my thanks that in many a need i have found thee a father then she knelt down on the floor by the side of the newly made mother kissing the weeping woman and taking her low whispered blessing thou meanwhile worshipful justice wast speaking to herman and saying justly mayst thou my friend be counted among the good masters careful to manage their household affairs with capable servants for i have often observed how in sheep as in horses and oxen men conclude never a bargain without making closest inspection while with a servant who all things preserves if honest and able and who will everything lose and destroy if he set to work falsely him will a chance or an accident make us admit to our dwelling and we are left when too late to repent an o'er hasty decision thou understandest the matter it seems because thou hast chosen thee and thy parents to serve in the house a maid who is honest hold her with care for as long as thy household is under her keeping thou shalt not want for a sister nor yet for a daughter thy parents many were come meanwhile near relatives all of the mother bringing her various gifts and more suitable quarters announcing all of them hearing the maiden's decision gave herman their blessing coupled with glances of meaning while each made his special reflections hastily one and another would say in the ear of his neighbour if in the master a lover she find right well where she cared for herman took her at last by the hand and said as he did so let us be going the day is declining and distant the city eager and voluble then the women embraced dorothea herman drew her away but other adieus must be spoken lastly the children with cries fell upon her and terrible weeping clung to her garments and would not their dear second mother should leave them but in a tone of command the women said one and another hush now children she is going to the town and will presently bring you plenty of nice sweet cake that was by your brother bespoken when by the stork just now he was brought past the shop of the baker soon you will see her come back with sugar-plums splendidly gilded then did the little ones lose their hold and herman though hardly tore her from further embraces away and far-waving kerchiefs chapter seven